Syria Ah fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. I am Chris with Marco and Tad. Guys, it's two weeks in a row. We got the gang together. Great to hear you guys. Great to how, how you guys doing? Pretty good, man. Uh, I am very envious of your weekend that uh, we all saw on social media. The whole world saw on social media on Saturday. Why don't you guys start there? How was Saturday? Oh, man. Saturday was... It just made coming to work today just that, that much tougher, you know. You just you got to see the climax of uh, your month, and then you know you start off uh, kind of still hungover on Monday morning with a rush of anxiety. Uh, you know that's basically how my day started. But Saturday was great. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I I was I was flying high all day Sunday, but yeah, Saturday got up. Just that epic derby win, awesome turnout for Roma Club DC. Get two, get two retweets from Rumble Club English, which Marco and I were super hyped about for the rest of the day. Um, my one big takeaway from uh, being retweeted twice is, God, I'm fat. Uh, but hey, you know, pushing 35, that metabolism goes. Then rocking right on into the original Fabio. Uh, Marcus's uh, going away party, which we celebrated with for my first trip, but a lot of our first trip to the new Audi field. Uh, and uh, uh, for the for the DC United versus Montreal Impact game, five zero thrashing, beers a flowing. It was a wonderful Saturday. Yeah, it looked like it was a lot of fun up there in DC, our nation's capital. Down here, Roma Club Charlotte was a party of one, but uh, still very grateful for the coverage with ESPN. All of my neighbors found out when Roma scored. Uh, just had a great game, following it on social media, and then uh, watching the result. Uh, a lot of fun, uh, great, great Saturday. There was a lot of there was a lot of drunken bro hugs uh, going on um, at that DC United game after after pulling off that Roma victory and just everyone how much it meant this point in the season after we thought <laughs> all was lost. I mean, we were all we were all going down with the ship last week, and just to, just to go to show how fickle my your Syria emotions can be to have it just you know just when you think it you can't get any dumber. You come back and totally redeem yourself. So just just an epic day all around. I'll tell you what. The one one thing that was a saving grace on this Monday morning was to listen to that podcast interview, Chris, uh, with the Atalanta Now guys from Las Vegas. And where was the other where was the other person from? In England. I didn't In England, the, yeah. In the town, yeah. But uh, a lot of fun. Great to hear about Atalanta, Ladea, Goddess. Uh, had a lot of fun talking to those guys about how they found the club because it's a smaller club. It's not one of the, the big uh, teams out of Italy. So uh, interesting stories. Um, really enjoyed uh, hearing about it and uh, their their trips to Bergamo as well. We talked about, uh, guys, when we first started Curve America, how doing the research, Atalanta were like, wait, they have a tank? They run a tank through the streets of Bergamo for their team? Uh, so that was an interesting story that we uh, reminisced on. And uh, wishing uh, those guys well. They're starting their own podcast, a team-specific one. So if you are an Atalantino out there, uh, please listen to the Atalanta Now podcast. It should be coming out this week. 
uh, definitely love to see Caltro growing for another specific uh, team-specific pod. All right, guys. I think uh, we have all had pretty epic weekends. Week seven is in the books. Let's talk about it now in the rundown. Juventus looks as fierce as ever and remain one of two unbeaten teams in the five major European leagues with a convincing victory over Napoli. Meanwhile, Milan silenced some haters with a beatdown of reprised Cinderella hopeful Sassuolo. And Roma, our beloved Roma, smoke OTFR like it ain't no thing with a huge Derby della Capitale win. Meanwhile, Fiorentina get back in the win column thanks to a Greg Luganis performance from Rich Faith Chiesa in the church, Federico Chiesa. Definitely uh, an interesting dive in that one, Tad. And then you got Inter making it a winning streak with a third straight victory over the Iron Island of Cagliari with Piatek. Stays Disco Inferno hot, bringing Genoa to victory, and the Inzaghi Bowl gets a huge boost with Bologna rebounding to get three points off of Udinese after a midweek loss to Juve. All right, guys, getting right into it. We want to remind everyone we've got social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's all at Curve America, all one word. This podcast you can find everywhere podcasts are found. Tad, once they find us, what should they do? Go ahead and rate and comment. Give us that five-star review. Don't be a hater. Always rock five stars. All right, guys. The Champions League spots for Week 7 are up next. Here we go. Up first, guys, Champions League spots. One versus two, Juve and Napoli. This one finished 3-1 in Juve's favor, and it feels like it's a one-horse race. Marco, you got this game. Go ahead. And you said it best, Chris. Uh, Golden State Juventus. Funny enough, I saw a post today on Instagram of uh, Douglas Costa rocking his uh, Golden State Warriors shirt. And I was just wondering, is he a podcast paisani? He must be. I think he's listening, man. He's heard our our reference. (laughs) And and after watching him play in his last game, he's definitely got to be, Draymond Green's got to be his favorite player on that team. (laughs) Well, then there were two. Uh, And when I'm saying uh, then there were two, I mean PSG and Juventus, as they're the only two undefeated teams left in Europe. Uh, Juventus has a... A big game against young boys here, but I, I saw that they're resting some players like Kellini. Uh, but what does that really mean uh, with Juventus? <laughs> I guess they're just going to put in their B line, which is like a an A minus line, is what it should really be. Uh, but they win again, and look, they handle Napoli uh, despite Napoli playing uh, pretty well and and having a beautiful goal. Uh, I think the big story here is that Ronnie. You know, everybody's so used to this guy scoring all these goals. And he gets two assists, and he basically creates the the other goal based off his shot off the bar. Uh, it just reminded me of a very colorful discussion I had uh, with a guy at F- Ireland's Four Courts talking about how Ronaldo can't be considered one of the best players of all time. I said, you know, why? How can you say that? You know, when somebody has the statistics that Ronnie does, how can you say he's not going to be considered in that conversation? The guy said he doesn't make his team better. Well, here's a perfect example this week of how he makes his team better. He doesn't score, uh, but he basically makes all three goals. And not to mention, he's won the last three Champions Leagues, uh, top goal scorer in Champions League. I mean, you have a guy who you know is going to score goals for you. That's that's a 
a type of leadership in itself. He doesn't have to be wearing the captain's armband for Real Madrid to be that sort of leader and just, you know, basically make his entire team comfortable in knowing that they have the best player in the world up front. Uh, so I don't know. Completely disagree with that, and I think Ronnie's stats speak for themselves. Yeah, I don't know how thirty or forty goals a season don't turn out to make your team better. Um, I guess that person uh, was smoking the same stuff as me when I like to say that Modric is overrated. I just think uh, Ronaldo is—he he might be a tough teammate to play with. Uh, I, I can't. I'm not with the sentiment that he's not a good player. He doesn't help teams out. That's that's just not true. But uh, I, I do think that. Uh, the group celebrations, he's not exactly all there if he's not the person who scored the goal. Oh, that's for sure. But that's kind of, you know, uh, it's kind of what makes him so good because he is, you know, yeah, he wants to win uh, at all costs, but he also wants to feel like he was a part of that victory. And that's what makes him so hungry for for scoring all these goals and getting all these records. This. You know, again, it's part of the mentality. People people bash on Ibra for being cocky, but then again, people love Ibra because he's cocky. So uh, I think it all plays into Ronnie's success, the fact that he's kind of hot-headed like that, even crying like a baby in that first Champions League game. Man, if you guys see the live footage of that, it is actually pathetic. Uh, <laughs> but the whole Juventus team is around him and, uh, you know, supporting him. So that, guy, that in itself goes to show you um, that, first of all, Juventus, they want this guy to be in top form to win the Champions League. But also that, you know, his team's rallying around this guy. I think that they really feel like he is a leader. Yeah, speaking of crying, though, you see uh, Paolo Dybala on this one, uh, drawing that second yellow from uh, Mario Rui. Just uh, just uh, uh, a pretty a pretty crazy uh, uh, second yellow there. Yeah, I uh, I definitely had a theory going in this one because it looked like a pretty weak yellow card for me. Uh, I'm just waiting for the news to come out that it was actually a blasphemy charge rather than fouling <laughs> Dybala. We'll see if that sticks because that is the new standard for Syria. <laughs> oh, man, that's uh He dropped conspiracy. the pork Yeah, that's a conspiracy theories galore over here. I just want to say that Ant Army, I mean, they really did have their chances this game and a beautiful, typical... Napoli goal. Um, but again, they're just second fiddle to, to Juve this year. They may be the the team, the runners-up this season again uh, because they do have a great team. But I think this Liverpool match, um, we're recording on Monday night. I uh, believe they either play – do they play Tuesday? I mean, they whatever day they play, this is the game of the season for them right now. Uh, I think this game – kind of makes or breaks their next uh, run of form for the next uh, you know couple weeks to a month uh, because it's such a big match. And at this point, I think everybody's kind of sold on the fact that Juve is going to be the runaway uh, champion again this year. Well, I mean, it's tough to say for certain that Juve is going to do it. Obviously, no one's proved us wrong that they've even come close to beating them so far. Uh, and, you know, now they go uh, uh, six points clear. Uh, of the Scudetto already, but for Napoli fans and Napoli supporters, I mean, getting Ancelotti, retaining huge chunks of their team, you know, looking as good as they have, uh, but, you know, yeah, like you said, you know, dropping those points to Red Star and going in, in, in to play a Liverpool team that's been lighting the world on fire so far, I think that, you know, there's, there's a, a big sense of if they go down in this one, it's going to be like last season. You know, they're really going to be playing for second. Uh, they're going to be no, not really have any uh, delusions of grandeur for a glory in the Champions League. 
everyone, you know, everyone's praying for that Ann Army um, in the city of Naples and around the world for their supporters to get a big result against Liverpool. Absolutely. I think it's worth talking about uh, to, that allegations came out about uh, Ronaldo um, allegedly uh, raping a girl in, in Vegas. Uh, and I have to say, uh, you know, especially being in D.C. with the whole Kavanaugh, um, you know, uh, trial right now and the hearings, uh, y- you know, it's just it, it's hitting hard uh, close to home here. And uh, let's let's just see what the facts end up coming up with before we start uh, you know, breaking down our sentiments on this thing. All right. Up next, we've got Sassuolo and Milan. This one finished 1-4. Gattuso, guys. We, there was a lot of speculation that this might have been the last game for the club legend, Il Mister, the coach. But he saves uh, his own seat here with a 4-1 victory over Sassuolo. Milan, past couple of Milan coaches have apparently lost their jobs after playing Sassuolo. So uh, Sassuolo being a bit of a widowmaker here. Gattuso feeling similar pressure in this one uh, leading up to the game. But, man, did uh, Milan take care of business in this one? And Sassuolo just did not show up. Um, I'm always curious here. It's a pretty well-known fact. Uh, Sassuolo's owner, Squinzi, is a notorious Milanisti. Gattuso's job on the line, and uh, maybe his smaller club was going to do the uh, uh, do enough damage to uh, get him out of coaching. What do you guys think, uh, Gattuso? Here, um, is he the right man for the job? Well, I think Squinzy, to go to your previous point, his body count with Milan is, is high enough. So I don't know much how much bragging he needs to do at 3 a.m. in the in the bars of Sassuolo about how he 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 takes down all these Milan coaches, but. Gattuso, I mean, they've had a tough start, but everyone has had a tough start um, in the Serie A. And, you know, with these these teams that are, you know, still kind of fighting it out uh, uh, for the Champions League spots early on the season, Sassuolo being one of them, you know, a lot of, but, you know, your historic favorites like Inter uh, and Roma and OTFR and stuff have had some stumbling. So uh, I think that to... To bail on him right now is not the right move, considering how heroically like pulled them out of the fire last year. And also, I just think he has the most appropriate nickname of all time, being the Rhino. Yeah, definitely a club legend. Uh, so I, I would think that if I was a Milanista, like you know, I don't know if like De Rossi came back and and was coaching, even if there were a bigger name out there, like I'm not in a rush to get De Rossi off my bench. You know, like like he's part of the club, part of the history. Yeah, I mean, I think that we're all trapped in the moment. Uh, Milan has really been teetering uh, the the beginning of this this season, but same with Roma. You know, I think we can definitely relate to this situation. Um, he did well at the end of last season. He turned the ship around, and uh, you know, he got a couple of new pieces this summer as well. Let's see what 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 Gattuso can do with a little bit more time, and uh, let's see if he can run on the coattails of this nice win against a Sassuolo team that honestly has just been tough to beat this this year. Uh, they're looking pretty good themselves. Absolutely, yeah. Milan uh, needed this one. Donnarumma calling it a, a morale b- booster. Uh, Suzo getting a brace, so they they got dominant performances out of their key players. Sassuolo, a lot of talk with Deserbi in the past few weeks. That's their coach, and uh, I think he's he had a good quote here. Uh, keeping a level head the whole the whole time, 
fully acknowledging that all it takes is two bad results in a row to plummet back to earth. And so the former Palermo coach, the former Benevento coach, uh, this guy knows that uh, it doesn't take much to uh, land up on the hot seat. So uh, taking it in stride, he did lose this one, but um, a level-headed coach nonetheless. Successful got their doors blown off on this one. And, uh, you know, you got to think for them is he needs to be trying to keep his locker room together because Berardi and Boateng, I mean, Boateng lost his head on this one and got in Frank Cassie's face, good on him for, you know, I guess the, the millennial or the, 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 the 2018 thing to do is to then, you know, say something nice on Instagram afterwards. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the, they, they came away from this one kind of feeling like, hey, man, maybe we're still the JV. You know, the varsity turned up and, and, and smoked us. So uh, he's got to do a lot to, you know, make sure this team stays in form and, and, and fights to keep that, that 3X Cinderella going on. Absolutely, yeah. He uh, had a great quote as well after this one, uh, Boateng, saying if Milan play like that every week, they're going to win the Scudetto. So clearly very impressed with his former club. Thought it was interesting. He said he wasn't going to celebrate if he scored against them because that's who he started his Serie A career with. So uh, that wraps up Sassuolo and Milan. On to our favorite game of Week 7, guys. The Derby della Capitale. OTFR taking on Roma. The good guys win 3-1 in this one. Ted, let us reminisce with your memories. The, this game, I take it away from if you have a chance to see the video that was retweeted. I'm the guy screaming with my hands in the air, spinning in the circle. Or the video of Marco holding everyone back as he's jumping up and down. Um, so, ah, in all cap, uh, uh, exclamation points, in all caps, Roma won the Derby. Roma won the Derby. Um, <laughs> you know, this, to me, it's, it's, it's a, Roma take a giant step towards, you know, some redemption of this one. If you, you know, think only seven days ago. Um, after Roma, uh, you know, lost an anemic and putrid effort against Bologna, and then they go in retiro, the new in-fashion thing to do. Um, I believe that Frosinone now is in retiro. It's when you <laughs> suck. Um, apparently, uh, uh, most of the team... Uh, you go to go, rehab. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you need the, a sleepover. <laughs> most of the team will go on a big sleepover, and a couple of your players will go to, like, fashion shows in Milan. Um but, you know, you fast forward to this and there is an absolute slump bust and a waxing of Frosinone, 4-0. We all like to see that. And then just an absolute convincing win. And, uh, you know, a week later, we have seven goals in two games, six points. Um, we do kind of pay the price here. We lose De Rossi, Perotti, and Pastore to some injuries. But it's good to see the people that are doing this and then the steps in the right direction. Um, the youth are doing it for Roma. Under was the star against uh, 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 Frosinone and Pellegrini, getting some redemption back on this one. Monchi signings and the Romans seem to be the ones that are getting it done. We have big efforts from Pastore, Zonzi, Under, Pellegrini, Santon, and Kolarov, who are all uh, uh, who are all Monchi signings guys. How do you how do you feel about the signings from Monchi and the Monchi Moneyball a week after people are calling for his head, his beautiful bald head. That's uh, that's what I wanted to talk to you guys most on the pod. Uh, I, I just remember Bologna, how dismal it felt uh, last week and just what a difference a few days make. I don't feel very good. I, I mean, I'm enjoying the, the derby uh, feeling right now. I get all the feelings watching the videos, but 
going into Champions League midweek here and then going into um, one last game before the international break, I don't feel like we have everything solved for the season and that we're going to turn it around. I just It doesn't feel that way. I just feel really good that we beat OTFR, and that's kind of as far as ahead as I thought at this point. I think it's good to uh, stay in reality here because – uh, you know, the derby matches always go like this. Uh, it doesn't matter if a team is in last place and another team and the other team is in first place. You know, every single game is a battle. It seems like most of the games have been going Roma's way in the last, you know, five, ten years. But, um, you know, anything can happen. So let's see what happens uh, in the in the stretch here. Uh, the first result that needs to be positive is the one in Champions League because this is one that they should be winning. Uh, and then the next game as well uh, should be a win for Roma and the Serie A. So, uh, you know, as long as they keep the streak and maybe they, they use this to spark their 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 next run of form, that's fine. But let's not forget it's the Derby and anything can happen in a Derby. Uh, so let's not, you know, think that this is like the all-time savior here. I, I want to see what happens. I want to I ride my emotions like a sound wave um, and go ahead and say that Frosinone OTFR a Plizen Champions League victory, and then rolling into an Empoli victory. Um, that would be enough to put a smile on my face, also considering that uh, Di Francesco uh, did the most implausible thing uh, uh, of the season so far to me, and that's changed his formation twice. Um, <laughs> I thought that it, I thought he was as you know is married to the four three three, but apparently it's more of a, of a marriage of convenience, like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Um, that uh, uh, he's able to change us up. But on the other side of the ball, guys, you know, OTFR, they dropped this one. Um, they, had, they had taken out the Serie A trash for a few weeks, um, but they're still building for the future. So a derby loss, but maybe some calculated news here with Sergei Milinkovic-Savic and Immobile signing contract extensions to 2023. What are your thoughts on that? Smart moves for OTFR. I mean, uh, you got Immobile, who's... Uh you know, always the leading attacker for uh, uh, Italia, the Azzurri. Um, so it makes sense for them. Um, I don't know. That's as nice as I can be. That's huge for them. You know, it just means they're going to probably cash out huge. Um, I'd like to see the buyout clauses in there. Yeah, uh, I, saw, but, I saw $100 million for uh, one of them. But, uh, I, you know, who, that maybe that's just always the, the rumor nowadays. Right. Right. Well, but, Lolita you know, said smart. that they Lolita said they turned down an obscene offer for Sergey Milinkovic Savic um, in this game. Apparently, as a scene as Brett Kavanaugh at a Yale party. Um, so, you know, I think that's kind of the message that they're trying to send here is that uh, uh, they are they're 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 go, looking to cash out big time on him in the in the near future because there's no way they're holding on this guy forever. The last thing I want to say about this game, guys, is two things. One. Kolarov becomes one of two guys in history to, to score a derby, a goal in the derby for both OTFR and Roma. And uh, I never thought I would cheer for an ex uh, OTFR Reale or however we're supposed to say it without, without swearing. Um, you know, so much in the derby. And then Fazio, the story of redemption, chokes away the equalizer against Immobile and scores the one that throws everybody in Roma Club DC into a barrage of Jameson shots because we can finally breathe a sigh of relief going up 3-1.
Yeah, that was uh, a bad giveaway by Fazio, uh, and uh, very happy that he got to redeem himself with that header. But uh, boy, that was that was a bad giveaway. Fazio redeem. <laughs> All right, there we go. Reliving the memories. I, I gotta say, guys, uh, being down here in uh, in uh, Charlotte, uh, just kudos to you guys, Roma Club DC. Just a great atmosphere. Seeing everyone explode with the energy. That's why you want to watch games together with, with fellow fans. So well done uh, to all the Roma Club DC guys. Roma Club New York, Roma Club Philly. All the videos were great. And uh, really happy that I, uh, Roma tweeted them out as well, showing that uh, uh, the United States is Rosso as well. Well, I will be, I've been announcing a hunger strike uh, for myself before the next uh, retweet we get from, uh, uh, from AS Roma English. Uh, so I can I can uh, uh, maybe have a little bit less of a beer belly um, uh, going in this. Maybe, maybe maybe look a little bit more like sexy Marco Charla. <laughs> Got sacrifice. Both, yeah, you're both beautiful babies. All right, we'll keep rolling, guys. Next up is Fiorentina and Atalanta. This one finished two nothing, a Europa League battle. We've got Fiorentina University taking on Papu Gomez's Atalanta, and it finished 2-0 in Fiorentina's favor. Marco, you got this game. Yeah, man. And it, apparently Fiorentina University, uh, that we call it Fiorentina University because they're all young, apparently it's a liberal arts college because Chiesa looked like he, uh, he won't be playing Broadway anytime soon, but he's definitely been taking some lessons here. Uh, just an absolutely terrible dive. Um, I mean, he just jumps into the back of the defender and then dives forward, squealing like a little pig, uh, and he gets the call. I mean, maybe it's because they're at home. Maybe it's because the ref likes him as much as we do. And uh, look, they get the PK. Uh, from there, they win the game 2 nothing. And uh, for Fiorentina, it's good news. I mean, they they continue to, to move forward here with a super young team and uh, quite honestly, it's impressive. I like the 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 homestand they're putting up here. Uh, on the other side, you got an Atalanta team that's in in crisis mode. And again, I feel for Atalanta right now because we all love the team. And uh, after that podcast that you had this week, Chris, man, I really felt like uh, man, Atalanta, I could get behind them. Uh, but they are one spot outside of relegation, and they just cannot seem to be getting it together. Yeah, it makes you feel like uh, how, how much do you have to love this team to get up at Vegas time um, to watch them play after they have not... Have they had a victory this whole year? I know that they haven't had one in their last five. Um, no, no victories this year for Atalanta so far, although their B team did tie Roma. Um, it's just... It, it, it's tough to see them go down like that, um, but again, it's a, it's a Fiorentina State University team that's streaking that's dynamic that's young that's fun and nothing can show the excitement of a, a Fiorentina in fifth place with 13 points you know basically just gold differential away from the Champions League spot then that curva at uh, at, at the uh, at Fiorentina stadium i mean people are loving it this is a team that a year ago was a, was just a shell of what this team is now and now they're packing their curva uh, you know they're 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 putting on um, you know horrific diving spectacles from superstar players. It, it's it's just the 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 narratives uh, leap out of this team as we go through the season. Yep, uh, Curva Fiesel, I definitely feeling it. Um, 
Always interesting, uh, the, the debate on whether you embrace the dark arts of trying to get the call and playing the referee or uh, playing it straight and, uh, you know, honorable. Uh, it's, it's a debate for the ages. We'll leave it there for that one, guys. We'll take a quick break and start jumping into the Europa League spots. All right, up first after the break is Inter and Cagliari. This was finished 2-0 in Inter's favor. Guys, sometimes Calcio's a little crap and a little bit of luck because this one, the narrative, I don't know. I'm sure uh, all the Interisti are seeing deeper storylines, but to me in this one, Inter's been stringing some wins together. They got four in a row, including Champions League. They got two goals in this one. The second was a wonder strike from Politano, but before we celebrate it, he admitted, even afterwards, uh, in, after the game, he hit it wrong and it just went in. So not exactly a lot of narrative that you can pull out of a storyline like that. Nevertheless, it was enough for the victory. Well, Martinez, uh, the, the vaunted uh, uh, Argentinian, uh, gets his first goal for Inter with this one. So we could see, you could have witnessed the first goal of, uh, uh, to people of Argentina probably think, the, the greatest thing coming into the Serie A since sliced bread. That and, right. and people like Paolo, who think the Argentinian league is uh, better than the Serie A, he was pretty <laughs> excited about Laurentino Martinez scoring this weekend. Well, there you go. A South American uh, feel for uh, the storyline for Inter. On the other side, guys, you've got Cagliari, and it's our old friend Coach Moran throwing up his hands, saying Cagliari, Cagliari did all they could, reminding us all that this is, in fact, Chievo's old coach, who treated a 10th place finish just like winning a Scudetto. And guys, I got to draw the, the comparison. I just finished the podcast with Atalanta, who we spent an hour talking about how they're always right there, right on the cusp of greatness, taking down giants. Their mentality is always positive. They're an exciting team to watch. They make noise in, Euro in Europa. And then we have other uh, coaches, other mentalities, other clubs like Coach Moran, who got an upgrade last year from moving on from Kievo up to Cagliari. And this is the mentality he has, that Inter, who have been struggling just like Milan, just like Roma, some of the other big teams in the beginning part of this season, his approach was, well, we did all we could against a team like that, which it just it, it smacks of mediocrity. Uh, I am not a fan of Coach Moran, obviously. Um, sorry for uh, whoever's going to start the next uh, Kievo podcast or Calgary podcast. I'm not a big fan of your coach. Yeah, well, that's why this guy spends a lot of time bouncing around. Um, he does inspire uh, a lot of... Uh, 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 of encouragement from his supporters just because he's not that fiery rah-rah guy that uh, seems fine wallowing mediocrity. Uh, it won't be too long before you know he's in Benevento or someplace like that. Yeah, stay away from Crotone, please, coach. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, that's all I got for that one. Uh, we will see how Inter does with uh, Champions League. Up next, we've got Spall and Sampdoria. This one finished 2-1 in Samp's favor. Tad, take it away. You got some uh, some pretty interesting characters in this one. Go for it. Well, yeah, this is the the derby of the castle euphemisms. Um, we have the Great Wall of Spall versus the Fortress of Genoa in this one, and, and Sampdoria plays some splendid calcio to come from behind to win this one. Um, I mean, Sampdoria looked good in this one. 
the uh, the giggity goal scorer uh, turned his hands uh, turned turned his feet actually and head um, to be the giggity assist maker. Uh, Quags Qualiarella has two assists in this one. Um, the second one being Defrel, who scores his fifth goal of the season, earning another big ex Roma player of the week finalist nod. Um, and the funny thing I saw about this one is is the Sampdoria team. Uh, they get the winner on this one, and they appear to ignore him. Uh, yeah, he, he runs over, does a little celebration by himself, while the rest of the team goes away. I don't know. Uh, maybe there's a, a, a social media rift with it inside the locker room, or maybe it's just they don't want to uh, fear touching the players in such form. But, uh, you know, Quags in this one, and this other one is a, a, a pass to the uh, Polish, uh, a beautiful header, actually, to the Polish player, um, Linetti, who left foots one in, and it, we got we got some crazy Polish players going on in this. Looks like the pierogi um, is now going to be the next popular um, food that ends with a vowel uh, in, 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 in the peninsula of Italy. <laughs> yeah, well, look, all I have to say is that uh, you know you got you got this Sampdoria squad led by uh, the the ex player of the year. Uh, DeFrel, five goals already, man. I, I mean, it's just, it's a head scratcher. But uh, I was thinking about it today. I was trying to be positive about just about everything, uh, as you guys can tell from earlier. And uh, really, I, I, you know, I hope he scores more goals because at this point, um, I, th- I see his stock rising. Let's get his dollars up. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, Spall, who looked like a pack of watermelon flavored bubble gum in this game with those uh, watermelon flavored jerseys. Dropped its third in a row after actually breaching uh, the Fortress of Genoa early. They actually went at 1-0 with uh, uh, Poloski getting his first goal of the season. But it just seems at this point our hype train has come to a screeching halt. It's uh, run off the tracks and is now crashing into the ravine. Uh, the Great Wallace Ball appears to be crumbling. Uh, fingers crossed, though. I'd, I'd, I'd like to pull for this team to do more than just a, you know, a, 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 a race for 17th like Crotone last year. <laughs> but they're five uh, points better than they were at this point last year. All right. So, that's uh, always good. I guess right. that's the, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the green leafy stuff on... Oh, no, that would be a straw. <laughs> but they're five points better than they were at this point last year. So I guess that's the seed in the watermelon on this one. But uh, uh, Spall, uh, uh, we're pulling for you guys. There you go, the new Crotone for Tad. All right, up next we've got Parma and Empoli. This one finished one nothing. Marco, go ahead. Uh, I mean, here we have the uh, the Roma player of the week slash year in the Jerv, uh, La Freccia Nera, um, and this guy's. I mean, he's honestly on the Roma X team All Pro here because he scores another one. Uh, Parma. Getting that uh, illustrious win over a unreasonably disdained Ampoli from the Curva Medica's perspective, uh, and again, it, this must have been the best decision of Jedvino's career to come back to Parma, uh, and it's got to be the food, man. I'm still convinced that this is the, one of the biggest reasons why he decided to come back to Italy. And if you're going to come back to Italy for the food, you know where you got to go. Yeah, I mean the ham is is uh, Italian M and M's melts in your mouth, not in your hand. <laughs> ah, you guys are describing my dinner. Uh, all right, there we go. So some culinary uh, commentary as well. Well done, boys. Uh, Team what pasta do we cheese. Co- 
What do we call what do we call the uh the new cologne for Jervinho? <laughs> yeah. Uh, aqua, think... de, aqua de Jerve. Aqua de Jerve. Yeah, that's yeah. right. The whole team's buying into that now. Speed, what... fantasy. Yes. I don't remember fan... the last one. But fantasy was the big one. <laughs> yep, so Parma enjoying the smells of uh Aqua de Jerve. He continues to get results for them. All right, guys, we're moving right through it here. We're going to jump into the relegation games. We've got Bologna and Udinese in this one. Up first in our eighth game of the week is 2-1 in Bologna's favor with a come-from-behind win. Bologna on a bit of a hot streak, guys. Uh, They're fresh off their first victory and goals this uh, season, courtesy of our beloved Roma last week. And uh, got a little momentum flowing. They got no real game plan from Inzaghi, but hey, when the, when the ball goes in, the ball goes in. They've got Santander scoring again this week, just like he did against Roma. And then you got another goal from Orsolini in the 82nd minute to ice this game. Some shots fired at Inzaghi uh, uh, with a former player saying, uh, basically what I heard from Inzaghi, anyone can coach. That's what I learned when I was uh, uh, playing under him. So a little harsh for him. We, we've uh, kind of learned about Inzaghi uh, for, as a coach anyway with uh, Venezia last season. Did pretty well. And after this result, guys, I think we got to up the chances on the Inzaghi Bowl coming up this Christmas. What do you think? Yeah, 30%. I'm, sh- I- I'm sure that the uh, Inzaghi going from Serie D to the doorstep of Serie A um, as a coach, uh, the only coach to have actually have ever have done that. Um, I don't know what Lammy's expectations are. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe he didn't give him his post-game popsicles or something like that, so he's got to throw that shade out there. But Inzaghi, uh, in this one, doing uh, what we're all hoping is that we get the Inzaghi Bowl, the OTFR versus uh, Bologna game, um, you know, Team Fascist Eagle versus Team Meat Sauce. Uh, the day after Christmas, so Christmas will come a little late. So yeah. where 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 are we ranking? Where are we gonna where are we gonna put the uh, the Inzaghi Bowl percentage odds now? After uh, after dropping to you know, losing to Juventus, which is you know n- nothing new in the Serie A this year because no one seemed to be able to figure out how to even get a point from them to a a victory over Udinese in this one. I'm I'm gonna go ahead. We start. We put the bid in between twenty and twenty five percent last week. I'm I'm gonna say you know at this point we look at uh, where they are on the table, and uh, they've climbed all the way up to sixteen out of releg- relegation. One, two out of the last three. I, I think we got to go a third here. I think we got to do the thirty three point three 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 percent. I'm keeping it in the twenties, guys. Uh, I'm gonna go twenty eight percent. Beating Udinese just doesn't do it for me. Um, go ahead. Why don't you finish off, uh, uh, Marco? What's your percentage? I'd say just about as much of a chance of Destro getting in, scoring, and then taking off his shirt. So, you know, that all balances out to about, I think, 32%. That's pretty, I don't like know. I, after last season, I think uh, you got higher odds of that, but uh, we will see. Well, he's uh, got to score first. Yeah, right. Very true. Well, their, up, their well, upcoming fixtures on this, though, guys, are they have the uninspired Cagliari uh, uh, next week, um, and then they have the uninspired Torino, and then we have the Shellshock Sassuolo, and then we have the free fall Atalanta, and then we have the, most, the, the oldest team in Italy, Chievo. It's not until uh, uh, the uh, Thanksgiving that they play Fiorentina, so we could we could get a little Lou Brown action out of uh, 
out of uh, Inzaghi in this one and, and get a winning streak. All right, so we feel pretty good about Inzaghi making it to the Turkey Bowl at least. We yes. will see if that happens. <laughs> Guys, the last thing I want to mention with uh, Bologna is just a little bit of a golf clap for their social media. They went after Roma, who is the king of social media for uh, the English accounts, um, uh, bar none. But uh, Bologna stepping up, uh, throwing out the Kanye West reference after Saturday Night Live, the day after uh, it aired. Um and uh, pretty much up in, up in their game. Uh, remember, Bologna is owned by a, a Canadian uh, a gentleman, so um, you know maybe they're uh, catering to the uh, North American crowd as well with their social media tactics. So uh, we will see, but uh, golf clap to Bologna social media on that. Very quickly on the other side of this one, Udinese, they've won five of their last seven, but this one's going to sting. Uh, the, uh, they, they did pretty well in this game, but Bologna just simply scored more goals. So hang, uh, hang your heads high, Friuli Nation out there. Uh, your turn will come. This, this wasn't your day. Up next, guys, we've got Genoa and Frosinone. This one finished 2-1. This is Tad's game. Go ahead. You cannot stop Christophe Piatek. You can merely <laughs> hope to contain him. I mean, does the Serie A have Piatek fever at this point? Um, I, the po- I think Europe does. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the the Capocannonieri for the Serie A early on, admittedly, but um, everyone's talking about this kid. Yeah, it looks. I, I think that like Monaco and PSG now have uh, picked up uh, a Genoa telephone book to try and track him down. Um, and now the, the Polish Pistolero has scored enough that he needs to unload his second eight-six-shooter. Shoot, um, he's got a brace in this one, eight goals for the season. He scored in every single game. And that's not even bringing into the count that he started off the season by scoring four goals in the Copa Italia and is still available for, six point, for the low, low price of $6.4 million in our Fantacalcio League. You guys, we're talking about the best start in the Serie A season in 70 years after uh, Carl Ege Hansen, who sounds like he is a, uh, a Dutch Impressionist painter. Um, he did it for Atalanta way back in 1949. And it just starts at begging the question is, we have uh, the countdown for the Inzaghi Bowl. Um, we have the countdown now for the good old-fashioned uh, Piatek extension and the future sale. So apparently Inter and Juve are lining up. I think that that's, you know, could be fake news. I think that, you know, a, 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 that's a poop tweet out of, a, uh, out of somebody that writes for La Publica or something because you could just make that up, and it's probably true. Um, but uh, Team Prez and Rico Preziosi, which Preziosi sounds like the most Italian version of a, uh, a Polish name possible. Shout out to Prez Bluskis in the wire. Um, but he says selling Piatek in January... Uh, just thinking about it is crazy. But how are you guys liking uh, uh, Christoph Piatek so far? I got, dude. I love seeing Genoa playing and just being like, okay, when I open this Forza app, I'm gonna see a goal from Piatek. And every single time, there's a goal from Piatek. Uh, it's 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 fun. You know, it's fun when you see this this player who. Honestly, he is a European uh, sensation. I saw a couple posts on uh, Bleacher Report, you know, lining him up against everybody else in the in Europe right now. I think he's the top goal scorer, and he just keeps on keeps on giving. This is the gift that keeps on giving. So, you know, the Polish Pistolero. I'm just waiting for somebody to take this nickname and run with it and take credit for it because <laughs> you know I'll uh, I'll take that any day. 
you know, just hashtag Corp America. That'll be your compliment. Yeah. No, uh, you're, you're uh, right, man. It's going to stick. I like it. It's a good one. I'm sure someone else will be using it. Yeah, I mean, we got the, uh, we basically have the, the uh, uh, Syria's version of Patrick Mahomes, just an absolutely uncanny start. Um, I think I'm going to start uh, the odds at uh, uh, 20% in the summer he sold to a bigger team. You heard it here first. Um, but now if we go to Frosinone, quietly in this one, they score their first goal of the Serie A season. So we can golf clap that one, guys. Um, I feel like everything Frosinone is doing this season is uh, quietly. <laughs> yeah, so apparently their coach is some dude named Logano, who's you know probably going to get S-canned uh, on the quick. And it looks like Frosinone is already looking for his replacement. And they are so low and down in the dumps that uh, they could apparently be turning their attention to John Piero Ventura, the most disgraced man in all of Italy. <laughs> how, excited, how excited would you be if you're a Frosinone fan and they're like, hey, we're firing our coach. Oh, thank God. It's, our new one's going to be John Piero Ventura. Oh, that would be soul-crushing. It's too soon. Still too soon. At least it brings the press. Yeah, right. I think I think the minute that Giampiero Ventura would move into uh, uh, my town of Frosinone uh, in order to try and lead us uh, out of the cellar of the of the Serie A, I just put a for sale sign in his yard. It's like, <laughs> nope, he, he won't be here long. How about uh, real quick uh, with Genoa guys, uh, the the former team that he played for since he's bounced around a bit, Giuseppe Rossi, avoiding the doping ban. Uh, what'd you think of that today, Ted? Well, I would, you know, I, I, I'm happy for Giuseppe Rossi that uh, uh, he's, he, you know, apparently he took like some like eardrop medicine or something um, that, that sparked a positive test. Um, you know, considering I think I can curl Giuseppe Rossi uh, as the tiny man Pepito it is, um, I didn't believe it. The proof was in the pudding on the old eyeball test for me. Um, but I'm happy that he's out. And I'm happy uh, up from under the stigma, and I hope to see him in the Serie A soon. So you can so can justify that poster on your on your wall in your bedroom, Chris. There you go, Forza Pepito. Glad it worked out. Uh, glad there's no charges. All right, we have got one last game for Week Seven, Marco. It's a bit of a stinker. We've got Kievo and Torino. This one finished one nothing. I don't even know who won. <laughs> Torino won nothing. Torino won. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm it's old Kievo and Roma rehab, man. And we had to wait for the 88th minute to see Zaza's debut goal here. Uh, but look, the only highlight from this game is the fact that it gets put on live TV and ESPN. What were you thinking? Like, come on. Let's not use all our uh, live TV mana here on uh, on Kievo Torino. We're trying to sell the league. We're not trying to ridicule it. Uh, I'll tell you what, biggest stat of this game, 29 to 23 in throw-ins. And uh, wait till next week to find out who had 29. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think uh, we got to leave it there uh, for week seven. Guys, well done. We've got a busy week here with Champions League leading up to week eight and then an international break. Ragazzi, until week is week eight is in the books. Diciamo. Arrivederci. Ciao. 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 Ciao.